Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the This Week in Bitcoin show. Today is June the 28th, 2019. Strong hand. Be a unique beast. Value your wealth in Bitcoin like these guys do. I mean, these are all hardcore Bitcoin guys I have on today. Having hype. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about the having a little bit too today, guys. I forgot to mention that. Unconfiscatable. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Offended by selling. All right. All right. So we got some three great guests here. You all know BTC Benny. You've seen him on the show many times. You've seen him on his show. All these guys are linked to below, by the way. So pound that like button. But Steve Barber is a dude that I have talked about many times, many times. He is the dude that does the mining on with the natural gas waste from oil. You've all heard about him. He's been in major publications. He's on the border of Alberta and Saskatchewan. Oh, very excited. And of course, BTC Benning is also in Alberta. So we got Albertans all over the place today, including in the chat. And I love Alberta. Strong. My favorite yeah, province. But then we have the legend here. You, he's so legendary, we don't even know what he really looks like. Gigi is here from Germany. He's the dude that, I mean, what's it? 21, uh, 21 lessons. You guys have read that probably. I've also talked about him on this show before. And so he's here. And so they're going to tell us, they're going to give us their thoughts on what's happened this week in Bitcoin. And BTC Benny just dropped off. Oh my, how did that happen? Wow. That was, he got so excited that he pounded the like button and he dropped off, but don't worry. He will return. Well, let's, I, don't, I, don't, I was going to, I was going to start with a for him, this is what live live TV is all about. BTC Benny, can you hear me there? I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. You what are you on dial up, Ben? <laughs> yeah, I know. What the hell? All right. Let's let's so BTC Benny, you're gonna tell us you were in San Francisco this week, so you'll tell us all about that event in a second. Yeah. But uh, you know, th this was a wild week. Something about the price. You know, I'm not into the price. I know that one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin, but the price was moving up so fast. That just like the old days, Coinbase shut down suddenly. What do you what do you think about that, man? What do you think about this week? Uh, I mean, it was very so. Everybody there at the conference in San Francisco when it went down, uh, they were like, "Well, of course it did. Of course it did." <laughs> um, uh, it's, you know, it's very reminiscent of 2017, um, and it, you know, it's it's nice to see that nothing has changed. You know, still no batch transactions, still no ability to keep up with just regular Bitcoin demand. Uh, so I don't know. It was pretty par for the course, I guess. Um, but uh, I don't know. Coinbase is down. Bitcoin never goes down. I I was very excited when I heard this. In fact, I mean, I think it is a bull sign there. I mean, yeah. it, 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 so much people wanted to buy Bitcoin that it it, it broke Coinbase again. So, Just delete Coinbase already, guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I second that. Delete Coinbase. Yeah, I made a video on that. You can watch if you need the reasons. Uh, all right, Steve. So, I mean, were you excited when you heard about Coinbase going down? What are your thoughts? Uh, I saw it on the Twitter feed, and I just think I had a little laugh and just moved on. Uh, I don't use Coinbase, but... Uh, it's sort of sad for uh, one of the biggest, it, it might be the biggest platform for trading Bitcoin or for the on-ramp for Bitcoin, and it can't handle like a micro pump. I mean, it's pretty sad. 
Um, yeah, so that, yeah, I always look at the positive side of things. But still, uh, Coinbase is one of the biggest uh, on-ramps for uh, American citizens, at least. And it it doesn't look great to the outside world when, uh, you know, we're trying to be major league here and uh, something, something like that happens. Uh, Gigi, uh, did you have thoughts on that over in uh, your wherever yeah. you may be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't use Coinbase either, so... Um, I had the same reaction. I chuckled at it, but I just want to point out that, um, you know, 3x in a couple of weeks is a micro bump in Bitcoin. That's kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is a micro bubble. Just look, <laughs> look at the chart. It's just, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true. That's, yeah. uh, it's yeah, now, of, of course, one of, one of the reasons that uh, the Bitcoin uh, price is probably going up is because people are re re realizing it, uh, that it's a scarce, uh, it's a scarce uh, financial product. Okay. It, there's not a lot of it out there. There's not going to be a lot of it produced. Now, Gigi is very well known for his uh, 21, uh, what's it called? <laughs> 21 lessons, his 21 lessons. And of course, one of them, uh, something that I, it, it's, you guys got to read it. It is linked to below. Um, he elaborates on what he has, what Bitcoin has taught him. And one of the things it's taught him is about the hidden tax of inflation. And to me, there's there's still a lot of people out there because there's still a lot of people getting into altcoins and complaining there's not enough Bitcoin for them that don't eat, that, that don't understand inflation that don't understand scarcity. So, uh, Gigi, drop some uh, scarcity knowledge for us. Just drop some twenty one lesson knowledge for us. Any, anything you want to say? Yeah, um, the second lesson already is the scarcity of scarcity, and I quote uh, Seyfedean there where he says. The only two things that are really scarce are time and Bitcoin. And I think the world is slowly waking up to that. And it's it's funny how um, a lot of people speculate what this um, price pump, like what is behind this price pump? Because it seems that it's not retail in any way, uh, like in 2017. Like if you look at, uh, for example, the Google Trends and some other indicators, they are really low. So it seems like there are some, maybe some institutional investors and some other people um, piling onto it, but it doesn't seem to me at least that uh, it's normal people rushing into Bitcoin and buying like crazy. I think it will happen again, but we're not there yet. Not this cycle. I have had some friends who are, you know, they're not into Bitcoin yet, reach out and ask me about it recently. I don't know if you guys have had that, but I think like the average Joe is, is still, you know, keeping an eye on it. So uh, yeah, probably some of that going on. Yeah, a little bit, I think, but it, I, I, I don't think it, it compares to the no. to this, uh, 2017. No, uh, yeah, my and, sister hasn't called me yet asking yeah. me to buy it for her, so <laughs> we're not yet there. <laughs> my sister actually at the very bottom, uh, in like December when she was home for Christmas, she I was talking to her about it and she's like, Yeah, you know, like all. One in 500 bucks and I called her up like a few days ago. I was like, yo, you've got like $1,200, $1,300 now. She's like, what? are you serious? <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that, yeah. FOMO has not reached 2017 proportions yet, but there, it, 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 it's coming out a little bit. There's a little bit. Of, and again, there had to be some sort of FOMO to break Coinbase. I should hope so. At least. <laughs> I, 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 I really or were they just manipulating things like they seem to do in the past <laughs> like we also have to we also have to remember that there's a whole host of people 
that that probably FOMO'd in at some point during late 2017 that thought it was going away and 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 kind of partially disavowed it but now that they see it coming back they're not like we were talking about Google trends those people no longer have to search how to buy bitcoin right they are, they already know where they were getting it before so maybe they're just starting to kind of scale back in because they realize that it's not going away yeah that's a good point yeah. that's a good good theory i like that pound that like button everybody all right, and remember, check out the links below. All these guys are linked to below. Now, I was reading this tweet by this awesome dude. He said, predictability is the reason why Bitcoin is the greatest money in human history. Supply never changes, quality, no dilution, no counterfeit uh, settlement, 10 minute intervals, nonstop forever acquisition, only through uh, acquisition, only through hard work. That was us. I, I butchered it there, but Steve, that was yours actually. And actually, yeah, who is that great? <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds a lot like Gigi's stuff, actually. No dilution, no counterfeit, um, 10 minute intervals uh, for sediment. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, it, it's uh, some basic facts right there about Bitcoin. And uh, it's, it's something that I think these gold bugs out there don't really get. So I, I wanted to use that as, as a transition, actually. Uh, Gigi, what's up with the gold bugs these days? Um, yeah, there was a great tweet by Peter Schiff. He, he seems to, yeah, can only talk about Bitcoin and nothing else on Twitter currently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there were some, some great uh, responses to that uh, because there are companies already eyeing on asteroids to do some uh, really awesome asteroid mining to get gold and other um, rare earth metals back to earth. And yeah, people were giving Peter Schiff a hard time because what happens if the gold supply suddenly doubles on earth and what will happen to the price of gold? And everyone's like, yeah, you, you can't do asteroid mining with Bitcoin. You, know? you, you will not find uh, additional satoshis on some well, I know what I know what Peter Schiff would say to in reply to that is like well all these altcoins they can produce as many altcoins as they want so that dilutes the Bitcoin that's what he will say but he does not <laughs> yeah we can we can also create uh, more alloys and uh, use other metals so yeah the problem <laughs> the same like, argument I just find the problem with gold like I, I was sort of wanting to get into gold before I learned about Bitcoin in like 2016. But like now that I've learned more about both, I think the problem with gold is that it's all held by like central banks and the state, like governments. The yeah, running are... a gold full node is really expensive. <laughs> yeah. And no, like there's like, I don't know about you guys, maybe you guys have a little bit of gold jewelry or something, but I have like one little gold coin. Uh, but I mean, like we're not using it in trade at all. Like most of us, like most people. So I just see like Peter Schiff and all the gold bugs, they're just holding monster bags. Um, like for the for the for the economy, for the gold economy to get underway, they have to. It's got to get distributed to the people, right? And nobody's in demand for it. Like it, it's it's got to dump, I think, before it could ever even get into like have a decent size economy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Benny, what do you think about gold? Uh, so. Uh, okay, so I have a theory as to why gold failed as a world reserve currency. And part of it was the fact that it was not easily auditable and people became complacent. And so you got you got uh, to a point where people were like, 
and also because it's not easily transportable, right? And and it might be harder to secure. And so you, you got to a point where people were like, okay, I'll just leave my gold with, with the third party. I'm going to trust that person to hold it. And then people got into the habit of accepting, you know, this certificate says I own the gold and I'll just trade the certificate. And, and so once you've, you've placed that trust on, on a centralized third party, that inevitably is going to exploit it and you get fractional reserve. And, and the certificate is good until it's not, right? And so with, with Bitcoin, you always have that easy auditability, at least like from a, a baseler perspective of, okay, there's only 21 million, but all of these institutions are claiming there's, you know, there's 40 million between them, you know, that triggers a bank run. And then you can demand immediate delivery, you know, if you, if you need it and, and trigger that bank run. And so there's this inherent risk with, with, I'm sure somebody will will attempt to do fractional reserve, but there's an inherent risk to it because there's no lender of last resort anymore. You can't go to the central bank and say, oh, we did something stupid. Can you print some more Bitcoin and bail us out? It's not going to happen. And so I, I think that one of the main reasons that that the gold the gold standard failed, unfortunately, is because of these factors, is because that uh, people, you know, put, they got complacent, which I'm hoping doesn't happen too much with Bitcoin. But even if people do get complacent, at least you can real time audit and see what's there and, and, uh, not have the, have the wool pulled over your eyes, uh, by, by these institutions that are holding money for other people. So, um, I think Bitcoin kind of gets rid of, of those factors that cause, uh, the gold standard to fail or 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 that contributed to it at least you, know, you can also send it anywhere all around the world in two seconds and then you know gold you got drop that gold bag as they drop gold now i do want to you know you're saying it's auditable obviously i love that about bitcoin uh but people have been talking about it that aspect of it but how about if privacy was built into the base layer do you think privacy should be built in the base level layer or second layer uh, see, uh, this is where I was very conflicted because, uh, you know, as soon as you get the obfuscation of what's there on the base layer, then then you lose that auditability. And I think that privacy is going to be our next version of this scaling civil war. Honestly, I think that's uh, the writing seems to be on the wall that that um, right now it's it's all about privacy and it is very important, obviously, but the more i look at it the more i lean towards let's do that on on secondary and tertiary layers um because you don't want to lose that easy auditability of the base layer you can it it, it could be very difficult to to ensure that there are only 21 million coins maybe there's uh a, you know un, unknown inflation that we're not aware of um if we stop being able to see that um so I do lean towards secondary layers. Um, I do lean towards um, things like uh, better wallets, things like Wasabi, things like what Samurai is doing with Whirlpool um, and just other ways of, of maintaining your privacy. So um, how, how will it play out? I'm not sure, but um, personally, I worry about losing uh, losing that kind of transparency on the base layer. All right, Gigi, I want to hear your thoughts on privacy and what Benny just said. Yeah, so I'm with Ben there, I think. Um, I mean, it's 
you have to make certain trade-offs and as we have seen with other coins with Zcash for example if you don't have the very easy auditability on the base chain then bad things can happen and they had an inflation bug and it's um yeah that would be horrible because the the whole value proposition of bitcoin uh, relies on it not being inflated and i i think Bitcoin privacy, in a way, is fine as it is, as long as everyone uses proper digital hygiene. And I really try to push this narrative of um, digital hygiene. And I, I plan to write on that in the future as well, because I think everyone kind of knows nowadays, at least if you're, if, if you're, you know, if you're like 50% of the time in cyberspace, then you kind of know that you don't use the same password, password one, two, three for every service all the time. And people. Wait, you guys it. don't use password one, two, three? <laughs> ah, shit. Now I said it out loud, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, people kind of go in this, this direction where they tend to have better passwords and maybe even use password managers. And uh, even big companies like Apple move towards the direction of privacy and generating new identities and new email addresses for every service and so on and so forth. And I think part of that should also be just, yeah, mixing your coins, use privacy technology, block ads, block tracking, block whatever you can. Don't sell your soul just so that ads follow you around the internet and people are better able to sell you stuff that you actually don't want. I mean, <laughs> and I, I'm hopeful. And um, yes, yeah, as, as Ben said, um, I think that the base layer is fine as it is and privacy. Um, we already have really good privacy solutions like um, Whirlpool and Wasabi. Uh, Whirlpool of Samurai is really good. And uh, the Wasabi conjoin is excellent as well. It breaks every known analysis that we know currently and you can just use it by default just make a habit out of it coin joining your coins like once a week or something or whenever you you um you hit an, an on-ramp and you buy coins then just take care of your utxos go through wasabi and on lightning i think uh, privacy guarantees will be way higher so um as as long as people are still out there that are building services that uh, don't rely on kyc and and other things i think we're we're good and on lightning we should be able to build a closed loop economy that is um yeah privacy aware i gotta say digital hygiene pound that <laughs> like button all right, Steve, you got to tell us about privacy. Would you see me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, I, I probably am, I'm definitely not an expert on like UTXO privacy and that kind of thing. I'm more concerned about like mining privacy, mining anonymity, um, or at least I like to uh, explore those, that subject matter just because, you know, at the end of the day, um, mining is what keeps the, the network running and mining is the is the mechanism for censorship so i mean if like if uh and eric voskiel talks a lot about it but like if the if the network is censored by the state like if the state you know bans bitcoin or black blacklists certain transactions uh, or takes over you know 50 percent of the hash power uh it's it's pretty critical that miners can still mine anonymously um, that, you know, it's it's hard to do that at an industrial scale because it's not hard to hide like an industrial scale firm. But at the end of the day, that's what Bitcoin security relies on is mining anonymity. So, you know, like when it comes to 
you know, protocol changes such as like block size increases and that kind of thing, which increases the resource cost to run a node and a mining node. Um, that usually I'm, I'm not really interested in that because it, it can uh, impact mining anonymity. So um, yeah, I mean, that's basically what you guys were talking about with like coin joins and stuff. I haven't actually used uh, Wasabi yet, or uh, I do have Samurai Wallet, but I haven't used their Whirlpool. Uh, I probably should start, but uh, I mean, I think like those technologies just show that like on-chain analysis is, uh, I don't know, it's probably not very, I don't know if like, if that kind of thing could be upheld in, in the court. Like, it seems like it's uh, it's flawed, like on-chain analysis is flawed and these systems uh, make it that way. So, but yeah, I mean, mixing and all that stuff is probably something we should be doing more often. All right, you're talking about, good segue here into uh, Bitcoin mining uh, because you, you know a lot about that and you're doing something revolutionary uh, up there in, Alberta and a lot of people out there when they try to FUD on Bitcoin, they say it's uh, you know going to cause a global warming and uh, yeah. all this nonsense. And so, t tell us exactly, tell us what you do up there. Yeah, that oh man, the energy waste FUD is like the the worst, like some of the like weakest FUD around Bitcoin out there. But yeah, what we do, I mean, like my background's oil and gas. That's all I've done uh, for my career. Uh, engineer just worked in oil field production facilities and that kind of thing so I mean I, I was I was pretty you know late to the game and learning about Bitcoin like in 2016 but I mean immediately it made complete sense to me that well these these machines these ASICs consume all this energy get paid for it and here we have this huge energy waste problem in in the oil industry and that that's primarily I'm talking about like stranded gas like vented gas and flared gas so so yeah, I mean, I just started a company upstream data and we build data centers uh, that mine Bitcoin off that energy, basically. So it just it's it's pretty simple. Like it's you know, we we take a genset, plumb it into the gas line, generate power, distribute it to Bitcoin ASICs. Uh, pretty, pretty basic stuff. Actually, it's not rocket science, but there it was, I was surprised to see when I started that I like I hadn't found anybody talking about it. And I mean, especially with Bitcoin miners, like everyone's chasing cheap energy. It seemed like everyone's focused on uh, like curtailment in renewables, which is obviously a good application for miners. And, you know, the biggest curtailment problem is like the wasted water that just not wasted, but flows down the river and is bypassing the hydro dams just because no, there's no demand for it. So Bitcoin miners just go in and eat that up. So I think I was one of the first people to do it in oil field and it's been uh, it's been a fun challenge so far. Hey, Steve, um, yeah. I know some people outside of Alberta, they're just not familiar with what the deal is with stranded energy when you say that, like um, when it comes to like natural gas and, and why why it's stranded and, and yeah. why, why you can't just, you know, ship it or whatever. Um, and I know we talked a bit about like methane venting and stuff yeah. like that and like carbon credits and and can you just touch a little bit about like what, why the energy is stranded and why it doesn't make sense to use it um, as is? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to first and foremost, gas price. So in Texas right now, and actually in parts of Alberta, um, where they're, where they're uh, mainly in these areas where they're using these newer completions technologies like fracking, 
Uh, they go in in these tight oil reservoirs, frack it. They make a ton of gas with the oil. Okay, so every time you produce oil, you're producing gas with it as a byproduct, like it's in solution, right? So with all this new technology accessing this unconventional oil, especially in these areas like the Permian, where, where they're going really strong down there, the gas prices have actually gone negative. So the producer has to pay someone to take their gas away. They're not even getting paid for their gas. So imagine if you're a producer and you're producing oil and you got this byproduct that is negative value and you are looking at your prospect is to build a pipeline to you like you're paying for the pipeline to get someone else to pay someone else to take it. It makes no sense. So a lot of these guys will just flare it. Uh, flaring it obviously is just burning it out of a stack, right? As you, as we've all seen, but aside from flaring, there's also venting. Uh, venting is more, much more tightly regulated. And you don't see vent volumes as high as flare volumes because usually when you start to vent a lot of gas, you, you, you're supposed to burn it. But venting is effectively, it's happening all over Alberta. Um, basically, every oil and gas facility has some amount of vent rate. If it's only a trickle coming out of like instrumentation or if it's uh, a lot coming straight out of a pipe. I wrote a, a little blog post. I have a video showing you what venting is if you just go on the website. Um, but uh so vent so venting is what like i primarily target and that's because it is a uh it's a liability basically if you're already flaring gas then you don't have to um, do anything else you're already disposing of it properly but when you're venting um, usually there's regulatory incentives or um, penalties that come into place over that so in Alberta, for in, uh, in particular, and Saskatchewan, because I service both provinces, uh, there's significant penalties if you're venting over a certain amount, and it's only getting worse. And then there's the whole carbon tax aspect, because, you know, venting gas is much worse than flaring in terms of greenhouse gas emissions. So there's a higher carbon penalty on that, right? Mm -hmm. So I hopefully I explained that. But it, it comes down to the fact that the gas is worthless, so no one has any incentive to conserve it, to like send it to the market. But if you take that gas, generate electricity and mine Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin is like an arbitrage mechanism, right, for energy. It just gives all energy the same value, right? Yeah. So the the value you get from that gas is anywhere between 10 and 20x what you would selling it down a pipeline. So that's, that's what the business model, I, I generate Bitcoin for the producers basically this guy my dog is, is my dog is going crazy he's, he's happy because he wants more bitcoin pound that one you're in motion that you came up with this idea nobody else came up with this darn idea this is this is great and no it's not destroying you're, you're saving the environment here uh by the way Gigi, yeah. do you have any questions for steve or anything like that i didn't want to leave you out i just wondered uh when did you start with that like uh, how long are you doing this now uh I had the concept in, uh, it was sort of like late summer 2016. That was like right when I learned about Bitcoin, but I got the first data center running, like actually up and running and mining in sep late September, 2017. Uh, took me about, I mean, I got serious about it in the start of 2017 and I designed it and built it and had it running. It took a bit like just to get, you know, just to get a producer to get on board with Bitcoin mining. Cause some of the reactions I get when I talk to these guys, like I was out installing a, a skid on a, I won't name the producer, pretty big producer site. They're on board, like their management's on board, but their, their field guys was like, he came up to me and he's like, he's like, uh, what do you say? 
said, I know this is a Bitcoin mining data center. Explain to me in two minutes why this isn't a big scam. <laughs> you know, like you, and I'm sure you guys talk to people that have this pre preconception about Bitcoin. They weren't given the right information. And then now they just think it's like we're just a bunch of uh, like tulip, you know, bubble guys like just yeah, sure. so. I, I think that's uh, perfectly understandable. I mean, especially if you're more uh, down to earth guy, you know, and uh, a field technician technician at a, uh, an oil field or a gas site. Then yeah. I, I mean it's perfectly understandable. This, this, all of this is kind of hard to understand if you're, especially if you're not in tech <laughs> and, and have no background in Austrian economics. Oh yeah, no. And earlier, you know, we were talking about you know inflation and dilution of uh, you know fiat currency. Like, uh, you know, one of the things I said to him was like, you know, I can't really explain, tell you why you should value it, but I value it because I don't like the fact that you know my my Canadian dollars are being diluted and the people that are diluting it aren't working for it. And he just stared at me blankly. Like he has no problem. He had no problem with inflation, right? Like it's just, yeah. oh, it's just part of part of money. It's like no, yeah, it's not. I think <laughs> I think a lot of people uh, don't really grasp it and don't really understand it or believe it. Like I talk to quote unquote regular people pretty much all the time because they ask me what I do, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm basically into privacy and security stuff, and uh, in this thing called Bitcoin and. Most of them now have heard of it, but if you if you just tell them that you know this thing it works a little bit differently, and you just you can't print money like the governments do, and they're like, "What? The governments can print print money?" <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 really funny to see how deep the uh, financial ignorance goes sometimes. And I'll, I'll be I, right I, back. I'm just gonna get my dog out of here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Um, the, the dog has been, everyone's pounding that like button for the dog. <laughs> I've got some more questions for Steve too. I mean, this, it's just amazing what you're, what you're doing over there. Now, now Gigi, you, you said you've, uh, I don't know if you want to, you're in Europe somewhere, let's say, right? That's, that's yeah. where you're, 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 I mean, I don't know if you can say where you are. I don't know if you're down with that, but um, <laughs> what, it, what, what reaction have you been, has there been growing Bitcoin interest? Have you, have you noticed anything lately with this price spike? Um, I haven't noticed anything really like um, in my normal group of friends or in the outside Bitcoin world. Um, it's, it's still kind of dead. Nobody really talks about it. Like there's, there's no, no hype by regular people as far as I can tell, but I think it's, it's different from region to region. I I've also read online that, you know, in China, for example, it's different right now. And so, so. Have there, in your, uh, in the native language of your newspapers, have there been any, uh, uh, articles pumping it up lately has it been in the news at all um i actually don't know because i stopped reading the news a while a while ago <laughs> on that light button that is awesome yeah, there's going on there. all right I, I i like that i i tell people too you know don't 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 pay attention to this don't you, don't you feel happier now not with not reading that crap oh man yeah i i actually like my life improved substantially over the last couple of years and i i stopped reading the news i stopped watching tv like a very long time ago uh, i deleted facebook i deleted coinbase i fell into the bitcoin rabbit hole so life is great man i <laughs> highly recommend it to everyone you are living the life well i want to give i want to ask steve again uh so these producers do they contact you or do you have to go contact them uh more and more i'm getting more interest um so when i started okay so i, I started in the 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 run-up of 2017 like when i first started actually mining so um 
it was definitely interest at that point, but then when it, when it crashed and it was going down and we basically had, you know, most all 2018 was a bear market. Uh, definitely. I noticed the, the inquiries dropped with the price um, and the, and the people being aware of, of Bitcoin um, that combined with the fact that Canada has been going through the worst like bear market in oil in its history. Uh, so that, you know, at least local producers just don't have a lot of capital to spare um, on conservation solutions. Like they're just trying to keep the ship afloat. So those were the two challenges I had in 2018. But now uh, there's a bit of a more optimism in Canadian oil. There's a bit more uh, development going on, a bit more capital. And then even just recently with the Bitcoin price pumping, uh, it's crazy how many more in like in mail I get. So okay um, so they are paying at least some of them are being they're waking up uh, to, to the price uh i want to since you are a, a bitcoin miner what are, do you prepare how do you prepare for the halving are you going to stash some bitcoin away to sell it afterwards or like because there's all these theories on what miners do and, and well, i'm going to ask everybody about the halving after this but i wanted to hear your perspective on the halving. i don't even think about it like uh so i wasn't mining during the last halving so that, that is one thing but Honestly, like at the end of the day, uh, if difficulty is to the point and the price is to the point where, let's say, I'm not making money, I would just shut, you know, machines down. Luckily, and I'm in, I'm in a position where a lot of the energy I get is actually free, so I'm not really worried about it. Um, uh, my capital costs can be a bit higher than you know your average miner who's just plugging into a, a data center, but uh the operating cost is extremely low so the people that are going to be hurt are the people with like the you know eight seven six cents uh which is people some people think that's low but i don't think it's low enough they're going to be the ones having to shut their machines in so i'll just keep mining it'll be all good all right don't worry G about it G that's <laughs> i i'd like to hear that gg what's your austrian economics perspective on this upcoming having has the having type started do people even know about it in our space? I just I just want to point out that free energy and using it for mining is awesome. Like that's hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really great. Don't get me wrong; it's not like everything's free and you know, yeah, yeah, chain sure. engines and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I challenged someone on Twitter uh, not to, not too long ago uh, to do the thought experiment: what if energy was free for everyone? What what would happen to Bitcoin mining? So it's it's a funny thing to think about, but. Mm -hmm. Um, in regards to the halving, yeah, I don't know. Uh, some people say, you know, like people are more aware of the halvings now, so it's kind of priced in. And some people try to explain um, this micro bubble in a way as a as front running the halving. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I have no idea what the what the price will do. I mean, coming back to the fundamentals, the only thing that can change is the price. And um, yeah, as Steve said, the miners that aren't profitable profitable will have to shut down and it, still i mean mining the uh, hash rate is at an all-time high right now so um i just i don't see it uh, really dropping or stopping <laughs> anytime soon i think everything will kind of go up and the halving will um yeah catapult bitcoin back to global consciousness i think uh, some of the miners that are like locked into contracts or at least if I recall looking at the hash rate versus price chart for the last halving, I think like some of the hash rate dropped before the halving, like anticipating it, uh, even though it, sh it shouldn't have been unprofitable. So I, that'll be interesting to watch. Like if, if hash rate tries to anticipate 
you know, what's going to happen. Benny, is is the having priced in? Your thoughts on the having? Oh, I, th I think people always think the having is priced in, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think so because you don't actually really feel the the pinch of the scarcity until like well after the having. Because I mean, when you think about it, like at the exact moment of the having, all all Bitcoin that already exists is is still out there, and so people that are wanting to trade and sell are already still trading and selling. And it's just that every ten minutes, the additional coins being created. So like in ne next year, you know, six and a quarter coins every ten minutes will will no longer be on the table, which initially isn't much, but you know, you wait a few months, you wait a year. And then people really feel that pinch because right now the, the market is willing to absorb all of those new coins, 12 and a half coins every 10 minutes at its current price. Um, and so I, th I think that it's going to, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see things go crazy. I, I was surprised this year. I honestly thought it was going to be pretty boring. That was going to be like a repeat of like 2015 where it was a lot of sideways nothingness. Um, before we started to see some positivity again. And man, was I blown away by <laughs> the first half of 2019. Um, so so really, I, I don't really know what to expect leading up to the having. I don't think the having itself right at that time will do much. Um, but I think obviously long-term afterwards in the, in the months and maybe year um, following it, we're going to start to see another round of of fomo as people realize it's really tough to get their hands on it yeah i i, I think uh, i don't think i've mentioned this on my show many times i, I don't think it's priced in it at all and i don't because the, most people in the market have no idea what what it is <laughs> and, and that, the media has started mentioning it though <laughs> last few weeks i guess as as we've had this uh, price spike so mm -hmm. uh I, I i love the having hype i love when people start to talk about it uh, because it will create FOMO and it will just create awareness and that this thing is scarce and it's going to become scarcer and uh, it'll get the right people into the space. I, and, I, hope, I hope there's another uh, segment on the news neck for next having. I, I remember one last year, or sorry, not last year, but like in 2016 when the having was happening and uh, people were getting excited about it and, and it got mentioned in the news. And the anchor was interviewing somebody and he just he just couldn't grasp it. And he said something like he compared it to potato chips. He's like, it's like I have a potato chip and now I have two potato chips. It's stupid. Why is it? <laughs> like, it was it, no, I have half a potato it. chip, dude. <laughs> yeah. He just he just did not get it. And it was so hilarious to watch. But I, I if if anybody watching this has that clip please tweet it to me so I can share it again for next year. Yes, potato chip, man. I, I want to see. And again, their tw Twitters are linked below. I am TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T, on Twitter. I've been tweeting out all sorts of flashback videos of mine from 2013, 14, and 15 uh, when Bitcoin was a lot cheaper in terms of fiat. And uh, you can see uh, I was I said the same things then that I'm I'm still saying today. Strong hand, people, keep that strong hand. Now I want I want to go back to Steve for a second. Um, you you have a new product that, that's coming out, or uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean uh, I I just sent some info out today. I've been trying to get this information released for a while. I haven't put it on the website yet, but I will. Um, 
pretty quick. Uh, so, I mean, like I started with these, um, well, I have a new brand now. It's, it's actually on my hat, like Ohm uh, data centers. But the, um, the first thing I started with was sort of like a combo package, like a genset data center all in one. And I find like um, a lot of a lot of oil companies, even though they have a lot of money, they they're very, you know, like I said, cautious on where they invest. So I wanted to create something a little smaller, more bite sized to get their feet wet, just to dip their toes, uh, get them into Bitcoin mining, let them see how you know reliable a Bitcoin mining data center is, how much money it makes based on author gas, which is basically worthless. So this is a it's a. I don't have anything I can show you right here, but uh, I'll, it'll be up shortly. And if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see it shortly. But it's basically a little four-foot cube, uh, steel cube. It's as minimalist as a Bitcoin mine as you can get. Like there's one fan on one end, an intake with door with a filter on the other, and a 50 kilowatt worth of ASICs that you can pack in. So this thing is like a Lego block. You can just stack it, like build a wall out of it. So if you have like, if you have a uh, a facility with a lot of gas, you can just take the same data center, get a bunch of them, stack them. They can all tether together, that kind of thing. Or if you just have like a small application with a small amount of vent gas, just feed that into uh, one of the gen sets, power this little block, this little, call it a mini. It's a own mini 50 kilowatt data center. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're, this is, this, we're on the cutting edge here, people. I, I love to hear about this new stuff. And uh, again, people say that, uh, you know, Bitcoin's going to hurt the environment. You're saving the environment with Bitcoin here. You're you're making yeah. these oil guys uh, cleaner. This is a uh, good good stuff. I love it. All right. So uh, please, guys, if you're interested in that stuff, if you're some oil producer somewhere, uh, contact him. It's 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 linked to below. Well, I want to go. We're going to talk about all coins in a second. I did want to read this uh, Gigi uh, quote here. Core ideas are codified in Bitcoin's consensus rules. Fixed supply, no central point of failure, no possibility of confiscation or censorship. Everything can be validated by everyone at all times. Do you, I mean, you, you put it in uh, regular words for regular people there. Um, yeah, so, that wasn't uh, me actually. That was that was Hasu who <laughs> wrote a piece on uh, unpacking Bitcoin social contract, and I just stole word for word those four points from him, <laughs> pretty much. There's, huge, uh, there's, there's huge points there. I mean, you elaborate on it in detail. So, yeah, shout out to him. He was he was very instrumental on um, yeah um, on on getting this article right. And uh, so I I had his permission to steal it. He was somewhat of an editor for this piece. So well, the, the, uh, talk, talk about the aspect, everything can be validated by everyone at all times. Um, yeah, we we touched on that uh, pre briefly before when we talked yeah. about gold and gold full notes and so on. And um, I think the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is that you have the possibility to be completely self-sovereign if you want to. Like you can run your own full node, you can validate everything by yourself. Like you, I mean, of course you need to have pe peers and uh, you will need another node that sends you blocks that you can validate and verify. But still you can mine yourself, you can run your own node, you can even, you know, now run your own lightning node, you can, um, connect your mobile wallets to your own nodes. You can be completely self-sufficient in a way. And I think that's a very healthy direction also. Um, 
if you also if you look outside of Bitcoin, where things are moving towards, like you have a small box at home, like like the like the small box you just described, uh, but it's not uh, <laughs> burning up gas; it's sitting in your living room or something, and you have all your your data on it, and you have your Bitcoin full node on it, and uh, you run a Tor node, for example, on it, and so on and so forth. And I think, um, yeah, that's that's what makes this whole thing unique as well, because the the thing is, Bitcoin is fine as it is now. And if you don't agree with a future change, then just don't upgrade. Nobody will force you to upgrade. You you are you are the master. You know. I mean, I don't have to to tell you guys that. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, you're you're the Bitcoin master. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I will say this about the. Uh, there are some alt corners out there. They don't get the. Uh, they don't care about uh, that everyone can run a node on Bitcoin. They, they There's some out there uh, that just think there only need to be a few nodes. Uh, I mean, uh, BSV for interest. <laughs> what are your thoughts on yeah, sure. when you hear things like that? Hmm, I think I think we, you know, you don't have to look too far back in human history. That's It's kind of true that nobody cares about this these things like rights, for example, until they get exploited to no end and you have some authoritarian, uh, authoritarian rulers that just exploit people. And I think this is what is happening and, and will continue to happen on uh, various altcoins. Like if you don't have the possibility to run your own node and validate everything by yourself and have a say in the network, then um, you're just a puppet and some other puppet masters are in control and they will do whatever they want to do. And we we saw that in multiple networks already. So yeah, you yeah. end up believing anything that that master says. You know, you know, if he says he's uh, the Messiah, you'll believe he's the Messiah. Anyway, so uh, let, so we're talking about altcoins here, and this recent uh, jump in price in Bitcoin has increased the Bitcoin dominance. And again, it's it's a flawed metric in some ways, but in other ways, it is not. Uh, every the the altcoiners out there. This time around, I think this was unexpected. As, as Benny said, I think a lot of people just thought this uh, Bitcoin would go sideways for a while. And all of a sudden, we're having a 2017-like pump, and all coins aren't pumping. And in fact, they're, they're getting rocked. And is, it, is this the end of the altcoins is, is the question. Now, again, I think, I think the bell has uh, tolled for some of them. I, I, really, I, I really do. This, this was pretty surprising this time around. I think the top tier ones will come back if you consider there to be a top tier out there. I'll start with Benny on this because you, you, you had control. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was a couple things. So um, again, to your point that uh, market, I, I guess market dominance is a flawed metric. Um, it is a flawed metric in that, again, if somebody creates a coin and I create a billion of those coins and then i managed to sell 10 of them at a dollar each uh then you know by definition my coin now has a billion dollar market cap which is ridiculous uh so like that that way that we measure it is is just it doesn't make sense and so when you have anybody can create an altcoin and if you sell a few of them and and your market cap is you know it it doesn't track very well with how things actually work. And so you get things like Ripple, you know, they're, they're holding 60% and, and, you know, they've, they've kind of, 
restricted supply. Not only that, but a bunch of a bunch of the ripple out there is is there's legal things in place so that people can't just dump the ripple like some of the uh, you know the founders and like Jed McCaleb has a deal with them where he's only allowed to dump a certain amount over a certain period of time. So so you get these these pressures where where um, the market cap doesn't really make sense. That being said. Uh, I saw, I forget who tweeted it. I wish I could remember, but, um, a, a reference to when, when people started pointing at market cap and saying, or market dominance and pointing to Bitcoin saying, see, it goes down. Um, but I mean, Bitcoin's dominance back in the day, say a few years ago, maybe like 2016, 2015, 2014, actually probably 2014, Bitcoin's dominance was well above 80%. It was super high. Um, but at the same time, there's like 12 altcoins then. Now there's like 4,000 and something altcoins and Bitcoin dominance is still like 62%. That's insane. Like it's, it just shows how many of those coins are popping up and are completely worthless. And it's funny because people refer to Bitcoin's market dominance. When's the last time some, you heard somebody talk about Ethereum's market dominance or Bcash's market dominance and tracked it over a period of time. Cause I guarantee other than like the initial spike dominance is this for like all of the trash on coin market cap. Uh, actually the last, the last time I, people really talk about Ethereum dominance was at the height of the pre Bcash FUD. It was in 2017 when everyone, they were talking the scaling debate and uh, King of the Trolls was threatening to fork off Bitcoin and Ethereum was really pumping. And it was, uh, it was, it was definitely the summer or the spring of, of 2017. And they, they thought the flip, the flipping or whatever yeah. that, yeah. that last time, that was the last time that, that, that was really talked about. And, and that uh, was also the all time high of Ethereum in Bitcoin, Bitcoin. value. And it's yeah. never been even close to that again. No, it has, it has not. It was, it was 15% of a Bitcoin. It went, it spiked to 15% of a Bitcoin. And that's Imagine. how you, that's how imagine, you should wealth people in Bitcoin. Imagine <laughs> selling a bunch of your Bitcoin for, for you know, 0.15 Bitcoin for an ETH. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh my God. People, people yeah. did it. People, and then it was at it was at 10% for quite some time. If yeah. for quite some time it was at 10. So there were people who were buying Ethereum and again they had their fun and everything. And it's yeah. it, it's it's the free market. But so this time around, I said we're 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 giving some people flashbacks they don't even know about. Because, well, they weren't around, so I guess it wasn't a flashback. But um, that you know, some of these coins were what worth in Bitcoin quite a lot, and now it is this after this spike we just had. It's I mean, Bcash is what under four percent now. Bcash was once over twenty percent. Yeah. So so I mean, Benny, the bottom, and this is what I'm going to ask the other guys too. Will will they? Is this the end, or will we see a? I, I think I think it's going to be a gradual thing. There will be pumps, but the problem is because people are mostly not tracking their wealth in Bitcoin, they don't realize the losses that they're actually enduring. Um, one uh, one of the references that I love to point back to is Litecoin, and and so people in let's say the end of uh, 2017, there's a massive pump on Litecoin. It went to like 300 and something dollars, and people were like, "Wow, all time all time high for Litecoin." But was it? Because it was not. Um, it was all time high in dollars. Sure. Um, I mean, when when you're comparing uh, digital assets to fiat, 
you know, at least they're, yeah, everything looks good compared to Fiat eventually. But, uh, but, you know, if you actually looked at the value of Litecoin versus Bitcoin, um, the pump in 2013 was actually twice as high. So when Litecoin got to like, whatever it was, 40 bucks or something, it was like almost 5% of a Bitcoin. When Litecoin got to like 350 bucks, it was like two and a half percent of a Bitcoin. And even with the craziness of earlier this year, it didn't even quite make 2% of a Bitcoin. And now it's at like 1% of a Bitcoin. So it's like this, sure you see spikes, but who is timing those? Nobody, nobody's really timing those unless you're incredibly lucky. And the rest of the time, you're just losing sats. And so I think this is going to be, and not only that, but people are getting tricked by, imagine being a person who dumped all your Bitcoin because you thought Bcash was the real Bitcoin and then dumping all your Bcash because you thought BSV was the real Bcash and then going, oh no, actually Bcash is the real Bcash and going back and dumping your BSV. Like imagine that progression and how angry and broken inside you must be. <laughs> oh my God. There are people, there are people who did that, went from, I can't believe that such people exist. I know of, I'm not gonna name his name, who went from Bitcoin to Bcash to BSV. It's uh, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Steve, what, what are your thoughts on the altcoins? Are they dead? Uh, I won't say they're dead. I think, uh, and I don't think they'll ever die. I think there'll always be meme coins. Um, I think like the, where where I, I think what they need right now is Bitcoin to pump. That's their only chance. I think if I'm sort of I'm not really in the bull market mode yet. I know a lot of people are. I think we're in like a micro bubble and we're going to continue maybe going sideways for a bit. And if I'm right, I think these altcoins are going to see much, like much more red, much. I don't think they have any chance of pumping unless Bitcoin is getting a lot of interest. Uh, I mean, we've talked about Ethereum's value. Uh, I like to mock Ethereum all the time. But uh, it's it's sort of been holding this value at like 2.6% of a Bitcoin or 0.026, whatever ratio. And like it's you can see this resistance wall. And if it drops through that, you're going to see like a bloodbath in altcoins because so many of these altcoins are tied to the success of Ethereum. And so I don't I'm not very optimistic on I mean, I've never been optimistic on uh, shit coins, but or sorry, <laughs> swearing <laughs> altcoins, but, but uh, I don't see much of a future. But I, I do think they're going to continue to exist, especially like the bigger ones like Litecoin. They, Litecoin does like you can you can say what you want about it, but it has a bit of an economy uh, under it. And so there's always, always going to be these this meme coin around Litecoin, probably. Uh, I don't I don't think it's useful, but have you have you mined right. anything but Bitcoin? Have you mined Litecoin at all? Or uh, actually, no, I've only mined Bitcoin, and I only intend to mine Bitcoin. But there's uh, there's besides being like a a Bitcoiner, there's actually other reasons. Um, Bitcoin ASICs are the most power dense ASICs. Like they can you get the most kilowatt you know load out of a Bitcoin ASIC. So when I'm building these data centers, I need power density because I'm I'm not in a huge warehouse where I can put this GPU rack like that is six times more volume like space as a Bitcoin ASIC for the same power load. So th there's a fundamental reason why I just don't mind that crap. But aside from that, I'm only really interested in Bitcoin because, you know, in my mind, Bitcoin needs to succeed. Altcoins cannot succeed if Bitcoin fails. So it's just not really worth All right. time. Gigi, your your thoughts on altcoin? Yeah, well, um, 
I don't think they are going away anytime soon. Uh, first of all, there are way too many. Second of all, it's really, really hard to um, kill blockchains in general. Like if, if there are some nodes still running and they are not getting attacked all the time, then they just won't go away. Um, but I just also want to point out that uh, it is my strong belief that we are still kind of living in peacetime. And I, I wonder why that is, because we've not seen too many 51% attacks and double spend attacks on other chains. Like uh, we have something like NiceHash and other ways to rent hash power quite efficiently and cheaply. And I think you could just, you know, target um, some exchanges and this is this is not advice by the way it's just a thought experiment <laughs> and <laughs> and just double spend the shit out of some of those shit coins that have uh, some value and uh, I, I i just wonder why it's not happening yet i i'm I think simply mining is just more profitable but you know if if shit hits the fan in a way or if 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 it switches from peacetime to wartime then that's something i think we could see happen like if people are ideologically motivated to attack other chains, then that's definitely something that could happen. And um, yeah, as Steve pointed out, I, I don't have any interest in altcoins whatsoever because for the same reason, I think we need Bitcoin to succeed and Bitcoin has the, yeah, the, the greatest chance of surviving and actually changing something in the financial world. And I think something approximating a great filter event like Brandon Quidden um cause it will appear and most of the altcoins will kind of have fall to the wayside and i hope that bitcoin will survive this great filter event uh you're interested in uh space and astronomy is, is, uh, we hear that yeah it's <laughs> it's a bar it's a borrowed term like um uh, it's it's it comes from this area like why why are there no aliens that we yeah. can see at least and maybe in the future we will look back and are like okay why are there no altcoins that we can see <laughs> i love i love the th great great filter theory i think it's fantastic yeah we, there might be some huge event that we cannot even fathom right now that'll get rid of a of all point very interesting i mean but people try to explain why are they why don't we see any aliens well maybe there's some big event that's coming up for humanity that we can't even picture it'll get rid of us god forbid, god forbid. all right what's, so what's for sure though to to uh to round this up um again i think altcoins are kind of here to stay but what's what what i'm certain about is that scams are here to stay and most of the altcoins and most of the icos were just outright scams i mean there were some projects that really thought that they were doing something useful but like 99.9 percent .9 of the coins listed on coin market cap are simply scams and this won't go away like we've seen now from icos going uh to initial exchange offer offerings like ieos and i i have no idea what the scammers will come up with but uh i'm i'm afraid it will get even worse in the next hype cycle i think it'll involve switching out the middle letter again <laughs> yeah. I whatever. Oh, good point. Because I mean, there's no difference between ICO and IEO, except it's I I I think it's ridiculous. I always say EIEIO because it's it's. <laughs> but, I mean, people fall for it. People are like, yeah, man, I'm getting the hottest IEO now. Yeah, get yeah. rich quick. Soon it'll just be IOU. Tell <laughs> <laughs> that like, but I love it. All right, all right. There was a question for Steve here. Look into a possible mining operation with the now defunct Philadelphia Energy Solutions facility. They need money and are looking for options to 
unload this 1400 acre plant. Have you ever read, have you heard anything about that, Steve? Uh, I nope. mean, you're in, in the energy field. That's, that's really taking it to another level there. Um, because I guess they're not producing a darn thing. It's just going to be a big empty facility. That would one, be one thing I'll recommend, like you, t this guy's talking about is some facility sounds like maybe it's for sale or like they're trying to fill it up. Like I would never invest in a stationary, like a brick and mortar Bitcoin firm. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why, but I mean, you see it, you see like, I don't know, where was it in Wenatchee, uh, where was that Washington or something? There's, there's several places now like Quebec where like the utilities commission, like whoever's regulating the utilities says, you know, okay, jack the Bitcoin miner prices. Like they're overloading the network. The last place you want to be is stuck in a brick and mortar facility. So that's why if that guy's just asking for advice on like, if he should buy that or something, I would say, no, just do portable data centers. If someone tries to jack your power, get out. Like, yeah. I'll always be in motion. Yeah. Don't tie yourself. To, I like that. I like that's the way I live my life. If uh, things got bad for me in the United States, I would just move to another country. I mean, you got to be you got to be able to just don't plant yourself in place. Yeah, a, bit, a Bitcoin miner, you shouldn't be paying lease costs like land land costs like that's ridiculous. All right. Now, let's uh, Benny, tell us what happened in San Francisco over the last few days. San Francisco was awesome. I've got to I've got to tip my imaginary hat to the Bitcoin 2019 guys. That was a solid, solid time. The quality of people at the event was were just amazing. We I got was to have following her. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was really cool. I got to meet a lot of people that I hadn't met before. Um, so I was down with Francis Pouliot. Uh, myself and him were there. Uh, I guess representing Bull Bitcoin. Um, and uh, yeah, he did a panel on scaling with uh, Dan Held and uh aaron van weirdom and uh eric lombroso uh and then there was lots of great talks um there was uh edward snowden he was talking on privacy that was amazing also he dropped the bomb at the end of his his like mic drop moment at the end of his talk was that the servers that he had to buy in order to leak the information on on basically all of the the surveillance being done by the NSA, those servers were paid for with Bitcoin. So, <laughs> yeah, I just I it was really cool, and people got pretty excited about that. Um, not to mention the fact that the price was skyrocketing during the event, just kind of added to the euphoria. Um, and and yeah, it was it was just an all around pretty great event, and and the few kind of scammier elements that that kind of showed up did not land well so like there's the guy up there from celsius network and he was trying i, I don't know there's a token involved so anyways people were not having it and like all his jokes were just falling flat and and he was you could tell he was like visibly uncomfortable as he was trying to get through his presentation um uh it was interesting watching the post-mortem on segwit2x with Eric Lombroso and uh, and Eric Borges, and it was mm, yeah I, I it was it was interesting to watch Eric Borges you know he he got pretty close to saying okay we were wrong but not entirely uh, but he did kind of allude to, so near the end of the talk um, you know what would you do differently and and he kind of said like listen like 
as it got close to the end, the 2X part of Segwit2X was never intended to be a chain split. And so as we came to the realization that there was so much pushback that it was literally going to cause a chain split, that's when we just, we realized we couldn't go through with it. And that was the email that they sent out to, to call it off like 24 hours prior. Um, yeah, so, so there was a lot of interesting stuff. There's great people that I, I got a book. There's a fiction book on Satoshi's fortune uh, that I picked up. That was really good. They were selling ledgers for 15 bucks a pop. Um, and yeah, I know I grabbed five. <laughs> who, who, was, who was selling them? I mean, the, the conference. They literally had stacks of them. Not only that, but if you went to like the the vendor booths and just like chatted to them, they'd give you a little a little ticket. And if you got three tickets on the first day, just going to three booths to chat to people, that would get you a free ledger. And so where there were guys running around with like a pocket full of tickets, <laughs> getting like ten ledgers at a time. It was unreal. Yeah. What, do you remember the name of the book? Like, I'd be interested in getting the oh, fiction yeah, book. Yeah. yeah, the book is called Satoshi's Fortune. Ah, um, awesome. Yeah, it's it's literally just like a, a fiction book around, uh, there's a character that seems to be like the equivalent of Andreas Antonopoulos, but it's all very like, oh, we're trying to outrun the cabal <laughs> and they're trying to come down on us in the early days of Bitcoin. And like, it's... It's, you know, it's meant to be like an entertainment kind of fun book of like people hiding, hiding from uh, big governments that's trying to shut them down. So it's, it's, it's fun so far. Cool. Well, it sounds like a, a great time if they're giving away free ledgers. I like to, uh, hey guys, remember store your bit, control your own private key, treasure, ledger, whatever you got to put it on. Card wallet. Yeah, th that of Rep course. Canada. Canada, of course. We were hanging with him uh, a year ago now, or a little. Anyway, so let's. Uh, we're we're at the end of the show. I want everyone to give. Uh, I think Ben, do you have any? Uh, I since you're just speaking now, any other conclusionary uh, remarks? Anything with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I it's the year is looking good. I'm I'm very excited about everything that's happening. Um, of the things that we talked about, um, I I continue to urge people to really look into privacy when it comes to Bitcoin, because um, it is, it, you most need it um, when it's too late. And so it's better to jump on that train early. So, so I mean, if you're on your desktop, just go and download Wasabi Wallet and just start learning a little bit or go get Samurai Wallet if you're on Android and, and start playing with Whirlpool. Um, it might be a little bit daunting at first to understand what you're seeing, but putting in that time will be well worth it and you'll be well ahead of the game in comparison to most people in Bitcoin right now. All right. Very, very good advice. We'll go to Gigi for, uh, you know, give, give us some lessons here, Gigi, anything you want to say, anything, you, anything you want to say. It's your All right. Lesson 19 privacy is not that. <laughs> so amen to what Ben just said. Take care of, of your privacy. Take care of, yeah, your UTXOs and your Bitcoins. Like mix often and just do proper digital hygiene. I urge everyone as, as well to do that. Like it's more important than you might imagine. I love that term. Everyone's going to remember that now. Digital hygiene. Gigi's 21 uh, lessons. It's linked to below. And what is your next article you said that's coming out? And everything about it is linked to below. You got to follow him. But what's, what's um, the next one you're working on? 
I can't I can't tell you that yet. Not oh. because I don't know, but because I have like three or four other things that I'm working on uh, concurrently, and I don't know which one will be done first. Okay, okay, but there's so good. There'll be three or four new things coming relatively soon. So that so, earlier in the show, you did say something. There was an allusion to something. So we'll someone review the tape. People, he he dropped something in there. Okay, and well, Steve talked about his new product. Steve talked about. Uh, I I love this this Bitcoin mining up there in Alberta. Well, what are your conclusionary thoughts? Anything you want to add? Keep stacking sats. Um, if you want to do it through mining, mine's a good way. Just give me a shout. Uh, but the advice is don't be afraid to spend some sats. Uh, everyone loves the hodl meme, but when you spend your sats and, and consume it, you benefit. And the, the network benefits because you're distributing coins. So don't be afraid to spend some. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, vendors out there, especially online, that are selling stuff for Bitcoin. Like uh, I just bought a really nice, like that that painting up there. That's from Crypto Graffiti. Yes. He does awesome. great work. Halfini up there. I just bought another one from him. Like spend some sats for God's sakes. <laughs> spend it at people that will hold the Bitcoin as well. Like that <laughs> won't dump it and then and then replenish. Someone, that, someone will eventually hold it. <laughs> that's a very important point Benny just said there, actually. Now, again, I, I can't get my, I can't, that, that Steve gave his opinion. Mine's a little different there. But if you're going <laughs> to, I can't spend. I, I, I've never, I can't do it. I can't, I, my, my don't hands. Spend them all. Don't spend them all. Just, you know, enjoy it. Wrong. But, but what Benny said, though, is yeah, definitely spend it at a, at a dude. Don't spend it with Peter Schiff. Peter, you know, Peter Schiff accepts Bitcoin. He does. But he turns it into dollars right away because he's no don't don't do something like that if you don't have a strong enough hand and you need to buy something buy it from someone who's got a real strong hand and is going to value his wealth in bitcoin because again some people and and this is i mean it's the free market if people accept bitcoin just because they want to turn into dollars okay that's great but um well it's not great but I, the, the best they're the people who accept it because they really again I, when i offer my services to people i accept bitcoin and uh and i don't and of course i've never turned my bitcoin into dollars <laughs> so well, with that uh this has been a great diverse uh panel here all sorts of expertise i loved it i hope all, everybody loved it thank you all the fans in the chat you dudes were rocking you were pounding that like button good work adam says rico coin report good to see you rico coin report remember everybody every friday is the this week in bitcoin show every other day of the week we got shows here every day i do a new show you better believe it saturday is the beyond bitcoin show so i'll see you tomorrow night on this channel. Thanks again, guests. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. Of course, follow me on Twitter, TechBalt, E-C-H-B-A-L-T, DisruptMeister.com. You get all these old videos of mine. I've done like 1,350 of them. Whoa. Pound that like button. Shabbat Shalom. See you guys tomorrow night. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks. See ya.